0: Welcome to Transforming Lives with Michael Carter, pastor of The Life Church. The Life Church is a place where you'll enjoy interactive, dynamic worship, prayer, and a very practical, down-to-earth-yet-spiritual message. Our service times are Sunday morning at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night reboot at 6.45 p.m. Visit us at mychurchlife.org or on Facebook. Just search My Church Life and look for The Life Church. Now, let's join Pastor Mike. Uh, This morning, we wanna continue in a series that we started last week called Grow. Grow, amen. So if you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to go ahead and turn to Psalm chapter 92. We'll get there in just a, a few moments. But we know that when we are saved, when God gives us salvation through grace, faith and his by his grace when he gives us that salvation that moment in our lives is not the end of our journey amen he has anointed us he has appointed us he has ordained us to grow to continue to grow Uh, last night we talked with um, our churches over in the philippines before they had their own services and uh, we just talked about not living in mediocrity God doesn't like that. He said, I would that you be cold or hot. Do something. (laughs) Come on, somebody do something. He doesn't want us just to live in mediocrity. He hasn't called us to that. Why? Because God is not a mediocre God. God doesn't do anything in mediocrity. And so he doesn't want us to be stale. He doesn't want us to stay the same. He calls us to grow. We are to live in Christ and allow Christ to live in us in John. The Bible says, Jesus said that uh, he is the vine and we are the branches. So as long as we are connected to him, we're not dead because he's alive. And so we are to be alive in him. And so, uh, you know, Galatians 2.20, you know, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I live, but Christ that lives, lives, key word there, lives. He lives in me and the life that I now live, come on, I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me, and gave himself for me. So because of his faith in me, and because of the Holy Spirit, because of Christ living in me, we are to live and all living things must grow. We must continue to go. And so the question for you then becomes, how do I change? How do I grow? How do I continue on? How do I become like Christ? Right. And we know it's sanctification is this process that a believer, you and I undergo as the spirit of God just begins to work in us. But we must allow that to happen. There are things that we do that will hinder growth in us, especially spiritual growth, just like there are things that we'll do that will hinder our physical growth there are things that we can do that will hinder our spiritual growth and so this morning uh we'll get to it in just a few minutes but i want to give you nine good great growth decisions decisions that that you can make right because it's one thing to have in your mind hey i'm going to grow but it's another thing to make that decision and go ahead and do what you need to do to grow psalm 92 starting at verse 12 this is our key scripture here for uh this series the short little series on grow the bible says this it says the righteous shall what flourish like a palm tree he shall grow that's the righteous that's you shall grow like a cedar in lebanon those who are planted in the house of the lord shall doesn't say they might it says, they shall flourish. They shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. It doesn't matter how young or old you are. As long as you're breathing, God has decreed it for you to bear fruit. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no fruit unrighteousness in him you know paul told the philippians over in chapter one he said this he said being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you not might not maybe he will he will he will complete it until the day of jesus christ and then he told the the church at ephesus over there in chapter two of ephesians Verse 10, he said, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, but he doesn't stop there. We're his workmanship. Yes, we are created in Christ Jesus. Yes, but it's for a purpose for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we, you and I should walk in them. So God has prepared us. He has prepared works. Now it's just up to us to walk in them, right? Now, in order for us to grow the way that God has purposed for us to grow, we must realize, first of all, that we are free to grow. That's why last week we hit it pretty hard about sin. It's because sin is the number one thing that will hold us back from growing. It's the number one thing. And no one can point a finger at anyone else because Paul said all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and if we continue in that then we will not grow the way that God has called us to grow and in order for us to grow we have to realize that we are free to grow he has made us free to grow uh, it's not just sin only that stunts our growth It our growth it's the lack of revelation that we are free from sin that stunts our growth it stunts our growth Romans chapter 6 Verse three says we have been set free from sin through Christ's death and resurrection. Then it says, do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? The first thing you have to realize is that baptism is an imagery that frees you from sin. I want you to listen to what the message version says of Romans chapter six, verses three to six look how he put it here look how he put it he says or didn't you realize that we packed up and left there for good i'm not going back not going back anymore that is what happened in baptism when we went under the water we left the old country of sin behind when we came up out of the water we entered into the new country of grace a new life in a new land that's what baptism into the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it's like the resurrection of Jesus. Come on, each of us, is raised into a light-filled world by our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Could it be any clearer? Next slide. Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin, miserable life no longer At sins, every beck and call I, I like the way Eugene Peterson said it right in the middle of that. Could it be any clearer what baptism has done for us? The root idea is the change in identification. This is how we know that we're free. The chains are gone, break every chain that chain is gone one who is saved by faith is not identified with sin any longer, but has a newfound identification in Christ. But here's the thing about it. It's the revelation of that, that I think that a lot of us don't get. We don't realize it because we fall short, because we have that thing that so easily besets us. We feel like, well, that's just me. That's what I'm uh, destined to. It's not what you're destined to. You're not identified with that. I would even go as far to say that you're not necessarily what you do. You are who you are, so do who you are. (laughs) Realize who you are first and do that. So in the mind of God, when Christ died and rose again from the dead who we have trusted in and, and our union with Christ, it's a living relationship. It's living and growing and it provides us with the grace To overcome sin, you have everything you need for life and godliness, everything you need to overcome sin. And so that's what baptism is. There's another imagery for us. Baptism is the first imagery. The cross is the second imagery. The cross tells us that Christ's death covered our sin nature. Listen, sin no longer has any power over true believers. Sin has been made ineffective, ineffective. And as a result, believers are now free from sin. Sin has been made ineffective, come on. Now, if we died with Christ, Romans 6, 8 says, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ has been raised from the dead and dies no more. So the cross tells us, and it's an image that tells us that it covers our sin nature. You need to realize that this morning, And the next thing is we need to understand this struggle. We need to understand, yes, uh, that we are imperfect, but guess what? We continue in our internal battle. We don't give up. We don't give up. A man is knocked down seven, six times, but he gets up seven times every single time. Even Paul said it in Romans chapter seven, oh, wretched man that I am. He knew the flesh was wretched but that wasn't going to stop him from being who God called him to be. He said, who will deliver me from this body of death? I realize that there's times when we say that I'm tired. There's times when we might even feel hopeless. There's times when we might feel trapped. There's even times when we might feel condemned, but guess what? God never condemns us. He never, ever condemns us. Come on, if we believe in him and we live unto the spirit and not to the flesh, then there is no condemnation. There is no condemnation in us. Conviction, but not condemnation. And then the the fourth thing is this is a fact that we have been set free. Understand it, understand it is a fact. We have been set free from sin through Christ's death and resurrection baptism the cross the struggle we continue to struggle and this fact to know that we are set free we're set free believe god's word and power more than you believe your own feelings and experiences a man named sam rutherford one time said your rock is christ and it is not the rock which ebbs and flows come on it's your sea That ebbs and flows it's your environment what he's trying to say that ebbs and flows but the rock is solid and we have to realize that realize that you i don't care what you've done i don't care what you've been through i don't even care your failures whatever whatever however you've been tripped up you've got to understand that you have been justified and you have been forgiven you've been forgiven you therefore having been justified Romans 5 1 says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ he has given you peace over in Ephesians 1 7 and 8 it says in him we have we have you have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace which he made abound toward us in all wisdom there's the word All wisdom and prudence, God has given it to us. Realize that you are free from condemnation and guilt. This thing, this revelation that you are free from sin, that's what trips us up the most. I don't even believe it's the sin itself. It's the revelation that you're free from sin. You have to understand that you don't have to fall in that anymore. You're free from it. God has made you free from it. And there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who walk after the spirit and not after the flesh. Paul told Colossians, uh, the the church of Colossae said, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. You are forgiven. And so you need to look in the mirror and ask yourself, why do I fall into these things, these attitudes, these actions, whatever it may be. We must understand that we, we have to have this revelation that I belong to God. I am not my own. He saved me. He bought me with a for a price. He paid a price, a heavy price for me. He paid a heavy price for you and I. So you don't belong to yourself. You are not your own. You belong to him. He told Corinthians. He told the Corinthians. He said, or do you not know that your body come on? is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, your body. It's not the church building there. Come on, it's not the sanctuary of wood, hay and stubble. Come on, it's your body that is the temple of the Holy Spirit. He told Timothy, uh, his his young Padawan, Second <laughs> Timothy 1.9, he said, who, who has saved us and called us, guess what? With a holy calling, not according to our works. Uh, so don't feel like you're unqualified. God, you wouldn't call me because you don't know what I've done and how many times I've done it. Guess what? God doesn't care. It's not according to your works that he calls you unto salvation and unto this life of growth. It says not because of works, but according to his own purpose. He already purposed knowing every work, every sin, every failure, every offense. He knew all of that before he even created you and still according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Second Timothy one nine. You need to understand that you have been made righteous. You have been made righteous. It wasn't anything you did, but God made you righteous. And you need to understand that I live in Christ and Christ lives in me. He lives in me. Thank him for that. <laughs> Colossians 1.27 says to them, God will to make known what are the riches of his glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. We must realize that hope. Come on. You have a hope and a future. You know, Jeremiah 29.11. Listen to how the message puts it. It says, God says it this way in the message. He says, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing, Okay, I have it all planned out. Plans that will take care of you and not abandon you. Plans to give you a future and a hope, a future for you to hope for. Come on, realize that you have a hope and a future. So knowing this, knowing this in your spirit, knowing this not only in your mind, but in your heart, in the deepest of depths, knowing that this morning that god has saved you it 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 doesn't matter uh, what you've done it wasn't according to your works it wasn't according to your looks thank god it wasn't according to anything else other than his purpose which he purposed before the beginning of time before you were created before you realized you were a sinner before you realized that you needed god before you knew anything about anything a lamb was slain for you and I, and his purpose was already set for you and I to be part of the growth process. He has called you to grow and it doesn't matter where you are. I don't care if you think that you've already arrived and made it. Guess what? There is room for you to grow. We will grow until the day that we leave this life and go on to be with God. That's what he wants you to do. And so I wanna give you just these nine decisions, uh, great growth decisions. Listen, they all tie in one to another. They all tie in one to another. And uh, you know there remains this, this sinful element that's in the world. We can't uh, turn our back on it, right? That, that's in here. And so I'll get to these uh, decisions in just a moment, but we have been cleansed, cleansing and purification. Uh, we, we continue to be needed. You know, it's a gradual process of transformation, this growth in holiness of lifestyle. Come on, our character and our conduct, all of that has to continue to grow. Remember, sin does not satisfy. We think it does, but it simply does not satisfy. It'll leave you empty handed with a feeling of being unclean, ungratified, and a feeling of discontent. (laughs) So, let me give you just these nine decisions that you need to make. Decide these things today. First of all, decide to separate from sinful influences. 2 Corinthians 6:17 says, "Therefore come out from among them and be separate." This is what Paul says. "Come out from among them and be separate," says the Lord. "Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you." Let me tell you something. We are in the world. It's absolutely true. We cannot We cannot give the gospel to a people that we don't know. That, that, that's exactly right. God, uh, Jesus, when he walked this earth, he went to a Matthew party. He went to Matthew's house where there were his disciples and there were sinners, tax collectors, all kinds of people. Uh, he, Jesus is a friend of sinners, absolutely. But there's a line of being a friend of sinners so that you can minister and bring them the love of Jesus and the gospel of the kingdom of God and falling into that same sin yourself. So that's what we have to get out of those sinful influences, separate yourself from those influences, those things that influence you unto sin. You know, it's kind of like I would liken it to a diet, a food diet. Come on. And we don't like that word diet so much because we know that that's a temporary thing. Really, it's a change of lifestyle, isn't it? That's what it is. But we know that one of the first steps when we wanna change our lifestyle, our eating habits so that we'll be healthier, if we wanna lose weight, whatever it is, is we have to separate ourselves from those influences. <laughs> Come on. I mean, uh, listen, you, you don't wanna uh, you know go into McDonald's and you don't wanna go into the Dairy Queen. You don't wanna, when you go into the store, what do they say? Stay on the outside of the aisles. <laughs> don't let yourself be tempted. Come on, separate yourself from those influences. That's the first thing you need to do. Number two, listen, cleanse yourself from defilement. In other words, purify yourself. 2 Corinthians 7.1, Paul said, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. That's what Paul says. Filthiness of the flesh and the spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Listen, again, just like changing your lifestyle of eating, you need to separate yourself from influences, but there's sometimes you just need to do a cleanse. You got so much stuff in you, you got so many hamburgers, so much Coke, uh, Coca-Cola, you got so much stuff going on in your body, you need to purify yourself. Some people need to go on a juice cleanse or some kind of salad cleanse, I don't know, but we need to do that in the spirit. We need to go on a salad cleanse. You need to go on some kind of juice some kind of purification process fill yourself with the word of god set your here's what you do with that set yourself aside for a time it doesn't mean that you'll never watch tv again or you'll never go to a movie you'll never do no 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 but there might be you might just have so much stuff going on in you you need to take some time take a day you need to fast and pray separate yourself from everything and allow god the holy spirit to just cleanse you and get all of that out of you and then number three you need to make this decision today decide to rededicate yourself to god this way you won't conform to the world rededicate yourself listen does anything divide your heart does anything dull your heart does anything distract but but let me remind it uh let me remind you of it he said i beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of god i know he was talking to brother and sisterin. And- that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your what? Come on, what is it? That's right, reasonable, it's the least you can do. And then he goes on to say, and do not be conformed to this world. In other words, from the outside in, allowing the world to conform you, but be transformed from the inside out by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's the goal, to prove that perfect will of God. Then in John 2, 15 and 16, Jesus said, do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life, is not of the father, but it is of the world. Here's what you have to realize is that temptation starts with thoughts. Come on. Temptation starts with thoughts. That's where it starts in your mind. It starts up there. And then guess what? Thoughts affect your emotions. And once your emotions are affected, your emotions and, and feelings affect your actions. So what you think about, you end up doing. You end up doing. And so rededicate yourself to God. Think about things above and not things on this earth. And then number four, decide to lay aside every weight, every sin, everything that hinders you. And I know this is a lot like number one, separating yourself from the the sinful influences, but you know, there are those things that have been in us for such a long time that it's hard to just separate from. I'm even talking about attitudes, how you were brought up, how you were taught, those things that are in your heart, how you judge. Come on somebody. How all these things that are in your heart and your mind that have become part of your fabric, it has become part of who you are, yet it is not of God. And he tells and he says in Hebrews 12:1, lay aside every weight. Therefore since we are also uh surrounded By such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every, every weight and sin, which so easily besets us, which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Listen, what is dragging you down? What little foxes are spoiling your vine? What foxes are spoiling your life? Uh, rededicate yourself to God and then lay aside those weights, lay them down, it's your decision. You can do it even if you think you can't do it, you have the power through the Holy Spirit to do it. And along those same lines, number five, decide to take every thought captive. This is a decision that you have to make. If what we think does not reflect truth, listen, then what we feel does not reflect reality. And you know, Proverbs 23, seven, another scripture well known, you probably know it, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Come on, eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. Why? Because it's a decision. We need to take every thought that comes to our mind captive, including thoughts that you are less than, thoughts that you are not worthy, thoughts that you'll never achieve what God has for you, thoughts that you'll never fulfill your purpose. All of those thoughts, they are not God thoughts. I'm thinking of a story, where a worker heard a rumor of being laid off on a Friday. He believed the rumor and he worried about it all weekend. And then he gets a a memo from his boss on Monday. And so in his mind, he's thinking, why should I wait? I should just resign first. Uh, before he gets to me I'll get to him he all of a sudden is angry and he decides to go into the boss's office and he opens up the door and all the top brass shouting unity you have been promoted to top management (laughs) we've been watching you so we thought one thing how many of us have been that way you thought one thing for so long and it's something totally different It happens because we don't follow Paul's advice in 2 Corinthians 10.5 when he said casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every, every, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In the very next chapter, verse three, he goes on to say, but I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted by the simplicity that is in Christ. We don't understand the simplicity of Christ. He, God, God is telling us only believe. What is it that you think you have to do? What is it that you think you can do to become righteous? Only believe, have a revelation of who you are and then believe it and act on it, come on. Number six is decide to crucify the flesh with all of its passions and its desires. Again, this is a decision. Uh, this is a decision. Uh, we need to crucify the flesh. Galatians 5:24 says, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires all of these passions and desires we crucify this flesh and we don't bring it down off of the cross there are some things that are going to hurt for us to have to crucify but we must do it because they are the very things that are bringing us down we just don't realize it we don't have a revelation of it and then number seven decide to shun these youthful immature passions here's what i mean by that this doesn't necessarily mean age. This doesn't mean, uh, you know, when I was 16, I thought this way. I know what it says in Corinthians and now that I'm adult, I think differently. Uh, yes, that's part of it, but it's, it's not just the age. Some of us are very, very old and we still have immature passions. This is what numbers 32:23 says, but if you do not do so, then take note. You have sinned against the Lord and be sure your sin will find you out. That's not a condemnation. That's not a condemnation, but here's the thing about it. Sin doesn't like you, and sin is not your friend. That's what you have to realize. Just like that boyfriend that's cheating on you. (laughs) Come on. Sin is not your friend, and sometimes your friends need to come and tell you, look, that sin is not your friend. I'm your friend. That's what the word of God, not me. That's what the word of God is doing to you today. That's not your friend. That is not your friend. Proverbs 1412 says there is a way that seems right unto man, but it's end is the way of death. Here's what those immature passions will tell you. They'll tell you, you know what? I'm really okay. I realize that I'm not perfect and you're not. See, it's truth. It's the truth because you're not perfect, but I'm not that bad. You know, I'm in control. I can stop anytime I want to. It's just a few times, it's just a few things. It's just this attitude. That's just the way I am. You know, I'm I'm black, I'm Italian, I'm this, I'm a man, I'm whatever it may be, we have all these excuses, but guess what, sin has consequences. And by the way, when I say this word sin, I don't know what comes to your mind. You may be thinking of something deplorable. I'm talking about letting filthy communication come out of your mouth. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a bad attitude. I'm talking about, um, you know, choosing, uh, one over the other when you shouldn't do that because God said that he is not a respecter of person so uh, listen sin never stops it weakens you and sin leads to worse sin that's why it's so bad sin always drags down your character and it hurts the sinner as well as those around you family and friends that's why sin, sin don't like you if I can just put it that way use my best English sin don't like you so I don't know why you keep following it. I don't know why we do that. I move on. Number eight, decide not to yield your members to unrighteousness. I told you all these tie in together. They're really the same thought really weaved in together, but don't yield your members to unrighteousness. Don't give yourself unto that. Uh, Romans 6 13 says and now do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin but present yourself to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God stop putting your members at the disposal of sin do not give up any part of your mind or your body to be used in doing wrong don't give it up don't don't do it do not do it and you know the difference if god is in you come on you know the difference you're gonna ask a question well you think i could just do this you know already you know already don't yield your members to unrighteousness sin don't like you it doesn't like you and then lastly here it is decide to live in christ in the spirit and in the word to be in christ you know it is to be born again to have that new life that new motivation, that new direction, new spirit, new mind, that's what it's all about, to be in the spirit and walk in the spirit is available and possible for the believer. As born again children of God, we are obligated to connect ourselves to the transforming work of the Holy Spirit.